What's up, everybody? This is episode 120 of the Clappercast. Feels like Christmas morning, trade deadline day. Sean, how's it going, man? Super excited. I always enjoy recording these episodes just because there's so many changes, so many things to talk about, and it's just fun to like speculate on how every player is going to uh, affect their new teams. Yeah, I, I love these ones, too. They're just so much fun to roll through all the trades and speculate as to who's going to you know be a good fit. But So before we jump in, we're going to start with the josh manson to the colorado avalanche trade but before we start i just wanted to before we go into it who do you think is a winner or a loser right off the bat i think minnesota wild had a really good day that's that was going to be my first go-to as well minnesota had a great day i think florida did a, had a great deadline as well um given what they're trying to do this season um i think toronto did okay as well just because they're 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 at a point where they can just start just filling random specific holes, um, I see what Winnipeg's doing. I see what they did. They had to sell, but I just I don't like what they did. Um, Seattle definite definite losers for me, just because they're you know we're, we'll talk about this with their trades, but they did the stuff that we thought they were supposed to do last off season is what they're doing now. And they're basically just like hold They basically just held a whole bunch of players hostage for nine months. Yeah. And then sending them back for, for nothing. Um, and the other team I had in my mind was Anaheim. I think Anaheim did extremely well. Very. Yeah. That's actually a good point. They, uh, they really got a lot of valuable prospects, draft picks, assets, um, stuff that's going to really help them with their rebuild as they just start to try and turn the corner right now. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's dive into it. Then the um, first trade that uh, will kick things off actually happened. Um, well, last week, I guess. Yeah. It was about a week ago today. Uh, this is, as I mentioned, Josh Manson defenseman went to the Colorado avalanche in exchange for drew Hellison and a, and 2023 second round pick. Um, so I don't really know that much about Manson. I think he's kind of a defensive guy, but um Seems like a good pickup for Colorado. Like they, they kind of really went in for some depth here. Um, you know, like the, the very next trade here, might as well mention it. It's, it's, you know, almost the same time was they got Nico Sturm from Minnesota Wild in exchange for Tyson Jost. So, you know, some center depth. So I, you, there's kind of a lot of those little trades that the Colorado did where it's like they've kind of got their guys. Maybe yeah. they were in on some big names and kind of lost out on that, but they added some depth. So, um yeah, yeah, I think that's that's kind of where they're at. So the last few seasons, they've been at a point where it's like they're trying to find like their middle depth. But now they've sort of started to get that. As Kadri's having an amazing season, they start to kind of fill those holes with other guys, and now they're able to get the specifics down, so they can bring in just a you know a, a decent right right defender depth in Josh Manson. They can bring in they 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 can afford to have one of those trades for like Yost for um, for Sturm where it's just a couple of underperforming guys. They're trying to see if they can get a spark lit under them mm. in a different situation. Yeah. Um, you know, and another team here who has kind of two back-to-back -back trades uh, is Florida Panthers. So they shipped out Frankie Vitrano to the New York Rangers in exchange for a 2022 fourth. And they also acquired Ben Sherratt for the Montreal Canadiens for Tyler Smilinich, a 2023 first and a 2022 fourth round pick. So, that's really so awesome the, for the Canadians. <laughs> the two picks for the Habs there. The conditions on the first round pick is that it's a 2022 first round, but it's top 10 protected. 
and oh man, which wouldn't happen. Yeah, exactly. The Panthers' first-round pick in 2022 is top 10 protected. In the event that the Panthers retain their 2022 first-round pick, they will no longer own their 2023 first-round pick, and Montreal would instead get their 2024 first-round pick. So deal with that as you might, as you <laughs> as you wish. <laughs> yeah, but still, um, it's a first for Ben Chirot. Yes, it's a late-round first, but lately we've been seeing a lot of first-round picks that are really, really awesome. Yeah. Um, so let me I let me just say I am eternally happy that Ken Holland did not give up a first round draft pick for Ben Sherratt. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll I mean, we'll, I'm, I'm not happy. We'll about... Return to your yeah. eternal <laughs> happiness later when we get into some of the trades the Oilers made <laughs> or didn't make. Um, but that that will change. My eternal happiness will only last about half an hour. We'll say. Uh, I will but, say um, that uh, when we were saying that, um, a Google thing in my house just yelled at me. So. They're on your side, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, these 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 two are solid for Florida, right? You know, they they trade off Vetrano. They don't need Frankie Vetrano in their forward depth. They have plenty. This is one of the deepest forward groups in the entire NHL, so they can afford to send him and his two and a half million dollar cap hit out. Um, and that was basically it, where they they send out that two and a half million, and then they can bring in Ben Chirot at fifty percent retained for like one point seven five million. They get Aaron Eckblad on LTIR, and they make more trades after this so this was this is solid for florida yeah definitely um you know ben Sherratt, we saw it in playoffs um when the montreal went to the finals he's a he's a playoff player like he's he does really well um he can play up against uh, some big name guys um mm -hmm. and um yeah it just makes their d a little bit deeper um you know for montreal great job getting a first i think that um there's a surprising lack or inclusion of first round picks in some of these trades we'll get into. Um, and so, you know, if they, they got one for Sherratt, yes, it might be in a few years from now, but that's pretty, pretty damn good. So um, kudos for them. Um, okay. So the next one, I guess that um, happened here was uh, Calgary Flames got uh, Cali Yarncroak from Seattle in exchange for a 2022 second, a 2023 third, and a 2024 seventh. That's um, a lot of picks, but I guess they're yeah. they're more like mid to late rounds, so they're not quite as valuable. Yeah. Um, Calgary, I think, was, is, is it Yarncroak who was like someone's cousin? Yeah, I want to say uh, Elias Lindholm. Yeah, so it's like they've always like dreamed of playing together and like yeah here, here they are so that's kind of yeah, cool so that, that's a really cool story right <clears throat> and, and the frankie petrano thing like him and truba went to like school together yeah they were in grade um, school together <laughs> so there's a so few of those around here where it's like people that know each other and can fit in probably pretty well yeah so this this i think is a decent trade so calgary calgary is doing great this season and they're just trying to find some extra depth because obviously their top players are doing amazing that uh, uh gajaro kachuk and lindholm grouping is is doing fantastic and they just want some depth so they get cali yarn croak at 50 percent it's like a million dollars and you know yeah they give up a whole bunch of picks but it works for seattle it's kind of what we thought they should have been doing last summer like i mentioned before they're finally trading some of these extra players for draft picks yeah um, the interesting thing that i noticed about this trade and, and a lot of the trades from this deadline specifically are the sequence like the successive years rather than like a whole bunch of picks in one year so it's like you see 2022 second, 2023 third, 2024 seventh. I feel like that's a, that's a different uh, trend than, than I recall seeing in recent years. 
Yeah, it's um kind of kind of weird. Um, yeah, it seems like a lot of picks, but I mean, like Cal Yarncroke, like he had kind of a nice burst last year for Nashville, where he was like scoring quite a bit. Um, so yeah, I see this as a pretty good trade overall. Um, you know, Calgary's really kind of trying to go all in here. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, yeah, again for the Kraken, like they needed to do this a while ago. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, th- there's been a lot of like news about how like, Oh, they've got like 30 picks in the next like three years or whatever. And it's like, um, yeah. Okay. But they still have the same number of firsts. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like throwing spaghetti at a wall. Like, you know, like some of it might stick, but I don't yeah. know. It's, it's kind of crapshoot, right? So, yeah. So they have a whole, oh, they have a whole bunch of, you know, mid round picks. They have four seconds, this draft three, the next year, they've got three, th- three, fourth round picks, this draft, same with next year, you, you know, so it's, it's lower value picks, but I guess they're just kind of hoping or banking on, on scouting or just like you said, throwing enough spaghetti at the wall and seeing the sticks. <laughs> yeah. Something's I mean, bound pretty, to stay there. I don't know if that's quite a phrase, but, um, I think it's usually more throwing <laughs> shit at the wall and seeing <laughs> <Yeah>. the sticks. But <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's just, yeah, I mean, like we have yet to see what their development is like too, right? Like, are they good at bringing young players into the NHL or no? Um, so yeah, it's kind of a, a weird one, but, uh, this next trade I think is probably one of the worst, um, and this Absolutely. is when the Tampa Bay Lightning acquired Brendan Hagel, uh, and I guess two fourth round picks, um, in exchange for two first round picks, which is bad enough on its own, but they also traded out Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish, so two young players, um, to the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, this, like, so what, what what did I say when you sent me the Instagram post on this? Was I just like, what the fuck? <laughs> probably. I mean, that's probably what like, I said too. Like, what like, the I actual started, fuck? Yeah, we started joking <laughs> about like, okay, so Brandon Hagel gets this. Like, what the hell is Giroux going to get, McKinnon? <laughs> like, like, Huberto? It's like, yeah, when I saw this, I was like, is this supposed to say Patrick Kane? Like, or is, <laughs> like, what is, what is this? It's like, Brandon Hagel is like, I don't know, what has he got, like, 20 goals or something this season like he has 21 goals and 16 assists this season it's his first full season in the nhl i think maybe last year he had 52 games but he had 24 points in 52 games last year yeah so so it's like he's got 20 goals 16 assists and 55 games in what i assume is like his first like permanent nhl season yeah, like and five gets... years from now you might be putting him on one of your one hit wonder lists exactly you know? <laughs> Like, Very well could. And, like, Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish, like... They haven't developed pretty... as well as we thought they would after their World Junior days, but they're still, like, 20... Hey, I mean, you know, a few 20s. years from now, they could have a 21-goal season. Exactly. Playing on the wing of Patrick Kane, or playing with Patrick Kane. Um, unless yeah, they're going to get a better shot in Chicago, so they might actually be able to uh, turn into NHLers a bit better. Yeah, and... Uh, I think it was Steven Stamkos had like a quote that he said in like February or something. And it was just yep. like, you know, we don't care what, what we give up for the future. We're here to win a cup, something like that. Yeah. Which and is it's just fair. like, I mean, well, yeah, but like he's not, two he's not first team, round he's picks. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Like I mean, for a guy Stamkos, who's. What Stamkos like kind of in his early thirties, last couple of years, he just wants to win another cup. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah it's like okay well you know next time you might be heading out of town <laughs> like on the on the note of of good sound bites though i think it was it was actually brandon hagel about a month ago when he had a hat trick um they joked with him about his trade value going up and he actually mentioned uh you know a couple of first couple of prospects maybe mcdavid <laughs> sure enough <laughs> yeah sure enough he there just went go. and set his own trade value <laughs> yeah i guess tampa bay or listening to that so yeah i mean this is just a bad one i don't care who you are this is not there's not enough value there no yes you got two fourths coming back but like who cares like i think i think part of this tampa sees a lot of value in hegel's contract as well because he's currently in the first year of a one of a three-year 1.5 million uh per season deal so they're going to get someone who can play in their middle six for $1.5 million for two more seasons. Yeah, but when you bury guys in LTIR until playoffs, doesn't matter anyway, right? So. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> um, but yeah, this I think this, this or I guess in the, the you know, the Vetrano and the Canadians trade as well, but um, we saw kind of a weird tr- trend where there was a lot of fourths exchanging mm-hmm. hands. Um, so anyway, I think this is probably the worst trade um or the the most lopsided trade, I should say, because uh, it's a great trade for Chicago. I think like there's some that are <laughs> that are like, yeah, that aren't good, but I think this is just like ridiculously yeah, I, bad. I, yeah, this is this is very <laughs> lopsided uh, to me. So anyway, I mean, I guess we'll move on and we'll touch on some of those other ones that are that are brutal. But um, you know, next up, and I am Ducks clearing house. Um, they also shipped out Nick Delorier to the Minnesota Wide Wild. Um, in exchange for a 2023 third. He's already scored for the Minnesota against Vegas tonight. Uh, so immediately making an impact. Um, this I, is a good I, one for the Wild. Yeah, I like I like, like this move a lot. Uh, Delorier is one of those like fourth line grinder types who's, you know, I had, I've had him in fantasy off and on through the season because our league's got hits and he's, you know, he used to be putting up five hits a game. You know, he's, yeah. he's one of those types of players. So he's going to be very, very valuable come playoff time. Um, he's not going to score much. Don't don't wild fans don't get no. Uh, he's goal per game now. <laughs> don't get disillusioned here. Like he's not going to be scoring a whole lot, but um, his play style is going to be great for the playoffs for Minnesota, especially as they try and have to try and find their way through like Colorado probably. Yeah. No easy feat. Um, yeah, I like this great playoff player. Um, makes a lot of sense, mm-hmm. and it was uh, ultimately, you know. Not too expensive either. Um, I mean, there's some other players that are probably around the same caliber as Nick Delorier who went for, like, later picks, but, you know, a third isn't too bad. It's not like, you know, two firsts for 21-goal scorer guy. Um, <laughs> but anyway, moving along here, Ducks also shipped out uh, Hampus Lindholm and um, I think uh, either a prospect or AHL guy, Cody Curran. Yeah, he's, um, he's just an AHL guy. He's in his 30s. Um, exchange for a 2022 first, a 2023 second, 2024 second, Urho Vakaninen, who I think might be injured still. Um, and then John Moore, who I don't know if he's even playing these days. I believe Um, he is. Either way, that him, his inclusion was just a cap dump to make the trade work. Yeah. So, uh, you wrote, uh, about this. Just, um, I just opened up John Moore's cap friendly page, and he's on the Golden Knights now. Yeah, he was included in another trade later on. 
Um, one of the oh, ones that was released okay. very, very late in the day. Yeah, I just um, found it. Okay. Yeah, he got. Uh, he was included in the Dadanov trade, I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's here for this. He, he had a nice cup of coffee in uh, you know California. Um, but uh, yeah, you wrote uh, about this one. So so what do you like, or how do you like this trade? I did, yeah. So I put up an article over on OvertimeHeroics.net about this trade after it happened. Um, I really like this trade for Anaheim. I think um, Irhovac and Einin has been someone I've kind of been, had my eye on for a few seasons, uh, watching watching his development a bit for the Bruins. Um, he's really had his development derailed by injuries, and it's really unfortunate because he could be a solid transitional two-way guy because he's got decent skills, decent puck skills. Um he'll get a much better chance with Anaheim than he did in Boston. I think uh, he'd, he'd only gotten into like maybe 20 to 30 NHL games over the last few seasons, partly due to injury, partly due to just not having a spot in the lineup. But again, the key for, for Anaheim in this trade is that they're just getting more and more draft picks. So they're already at a point where the team is looking a little bit more competitive through the season. They, they started strong, but they trailed off a bit, but they're, kind of at that point where they're just starting to turn their rebuild around and to get a whole, you know, a, a collection of better picks over the next couple of seasons. That's just going to help supplement their, their prospect pool and help like stagger some development and get some players in at different times so they can help sustain what they're building right now. And moving over for Boston, like campus Lindholm is the defensive depth that they needed because they didn't really have a great option for their top pairing on left D they kind of been switching between like Grizzlick, I think and Mike Riley just players who are okay because like obviously Boston's been doing fine they're top 10 in goals against but they could use someone a little bit more experienced a little bit better a little bit more stable in that position and that's just going to help push everyone else down the lineup, just get everyone into a more suitable role for them so they're not trying to play well above their well above their, their um skill set. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a great addition for them. Um and then I'm not sure if he already did or if it's just a rumor that he's gonna re sign. I um, think he did re sign. It's an uh Hampus Lindholm re signed in Boston already. It's an eight year six point five cap per season cap it. Yes, it's it's official. It's six point five per season. Yeah. Okay. So it's a you know a longer, longer term thing. Um. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. I think yeah, it's uh, makes sense for Boston, um, to just have you know that solid top pairing. Um, so yeah, um, you know, good for Anaheim to to sell on the guy and get uh you know some good some good return on him too. Um, you know they're they're looking for the future and that's going to be huge. Like they've really stocked up um, in the next couple of drafts. Um, and the next kind of big major trade was Florida. Um, this one kind of got leaked early, but um, the details came out. Claude Giroux, captain, former captain of the Flyers uh, to Florida and a 2025 fifth round pick center, Connor Bunneman and center German Ribtsov in exchange for Owen Tippett, 2024 first and a 2023 third thoughts <laughs> i don't know what the hell chuck fletcher is doing anymore 
honestly, like this, this is the trade when you said that uh, Brandon Hagel trade was the most lopsided one. This is the one that was in my mind as like, uh, are we sure that that's the worst one? Cause this one's pretty bad too. Cause yeah. like Florida gets, you know, one of the best players available on the market, you know, a guy who's pretty much a point per game over his, over his career at 50% retained. They get a couple. I don't know the quality. I don't know if like Rufsoff and Bunneman are like good prospects, but they're still prospects nonetheless. Like a couple years post draft, so they're closer to being NHL ready, if they are to be. And I mean a late round draft pick, and then they only get Owen Tippett, who's kind of been like in limbo in a bit of a flux situation in Florida because he can't really break into their forward depth. They get one first round pick. And like a third round pick, yeah. So like, I'm pretty sure Brandon Hagel got more than Giroux did, yeah. Which, you know, yeah, Hagel's got a couple more years on his contract, but like, that's a little bit wonky in my mind. Yeah, it is. Um, it is weird. You'd think Claude Giroux would fetch more. Um, they got a first, but it's in a few years, um, which is weird. Um, I, they must really like Tippett, is uh, how I see this one, which is. Yeah strange um i don't think he's i mean he, he could be good but i don't know if he's that good um but yeah it's uh it's a weird one for sure um i, I it's gonna be scary claude Giroux on like barkov's line <laughs> um so yeah it's it's weird to see so much going to florida too it's amazing that they had the cap space or they managed to find the cap space to do this but i guess it helps when they go and put uh ekblad on ltir yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. This one is this one is pretty bad for Philly. You know, you trade away like your captain of like what like the last ten years and something like that. You get like one first round pick, not even in the next couple years. Like now, I think there is the chance that uh, Giroux signs back in Florida in the off season. But in Florida, or in in Philly, pardon me. <laughs> yeah, he could very well do that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's yeah. I don't. I don't understand this one. Um, you'd think that they would have got like maybe like Forsling or something along with it, maybe something like that, or um, even a better prospect like Denisenko. Or I'll just flip through here. There's a couple. Yeah, like Denisenko or um. Ma I don't know. Like what's that? Uh, the other guy, Samuskevich. I think they just drafted last year. You know, like a, like a higher-end prospect, right? Yeah, you would think that they would have gotten something better, but I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand it. The, this is one of two that's up for the worst, for sure. Um, so anyway, I mean, Florida's looking scary. Um, so they've added Sherrod. They've added... Claude Giroux. They also added Robert Haig, so depth D-man from the Sabres for 2022-6. I don't think they're going to have very many draft picks left. Um, next few years. Let's see. They do not. They have, over the next three years, they have one pick in the first two rounds. <laughs> yeah, so if this pans out, great, but if it doesn't, that's um, 
assuming that's not conditional, like a uh, condition that they might actually have one of them, they just aren't available because it's under a condition with a different one. Yeah, that, that but could very either well way, be the case. Either way, this is kind of them going all in. Yeah, definitely. Um, before the season, I was telling someone like, oh, Florida would be a good pick for like cup winners if you wanted to like place a bet. Mm-hmm. I'm kicking myself for not placing that bet because um, it would have been great because um, now they're like favorite, one of the favorites. Um, okay, well, we'll move on to another major trade here. Um, Toronto Maple Leafs acquired Mark Giordano and uh, your guy, Colin Blackwell, in exchange for a 2022 second, a 2023 second, and a 2024 third round pick. I think this is a great trade for Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, Mark Giordano, he's lost a step. He's not the defender he once was, even three years ago when he won the Norris. But he's going to help the overall team defense. He's not going to need to be in, like, a huge top-pairing role. And ultimately, what he's being brought in for is his locker room presence. Like, this is a guy who spent years as captain of two different franchises. He gets to captain the inaugural team in Seattle. So he's he's been around the NHL a long time, and even though he's only played, like, 20-some playoff games in his career, um, you don't stick around and get to captain that team for that long, two teams, without being a decent locker room presence and without picking up stuff from other players and coaches and organizations and all that. So he's going to be great to kind of helping uh, helping guide this Toronto team through the playoffs a bit better because we've as we've seen in recent years, they kind of choke it away. They get, you know, whatever, overwhelmed in the playoffs. They don't really have playoff hockey in their veins quite yet. So he's going to help with that. And Colin Blackwell is just another one of those, like, cheap depth forwards that the Leafs seem to have a really strong affinity for. And Blackwell's a decent one. He's a not like a skill guy, but he's just an energy spark plug player. He's got... 17 points in 39 games this season which is solid for someone who's missed the first month of the season and only plays 12 minutes a game or something yeah yeah i think it's you know really good pickups for the leafs um i think jordano's from toronto area um so that's pretty cool um but for seattle i don't uh i don't see this as a very good trade um not getting a first um i I just think, yeah, yeah, you got two seconds in back-to-back years, but I don't know. I feel like they 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 did they got a lot of picks, but they got no firsts. So yeah, it'll be a hard one because it's again, like you mentioned before, we don't know what their player development is like, so we don't know if they're going to be able to reliably turn these, you know, second, third, fourth round picks into actual NHL players, or if they're just going to like stockpile a whole bunch of names in their organization. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what they've got <laughs> done, sort of, <laughs> to this point. So, I mean, at first it was the expansion draft, random players. Now it's random draft picks. Um, so, <laughs> maybe... Maybe they're just going to pile a whole bunch of, like, seconds in, in trade-up in the draft or something. Who knows? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see what the hell they do. Um, I just am not feeling super confident in how they're doing it, but... I don't know. Maybe I'm just negative. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I guess maybe let's move on. Um, so good, good move for the Leafs. Um, they kind of were involved in like a, I don't know if you want to call it a three-way trade, but um, kind of worked out that way between Ottawa, Toronto, and Vancouver, where essentially 
Um, Vancouver sent Travis Hamanich to uh, Ottawa in exchange for a third, and then they traded that third to the Leafs for Travis Dermott. I think that's great for Vancouver. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's an, I think that's an upgrade. Definitely. Toronto, I don't know, I don't know the purpose of like being the liaison for that third instead of it being like a direct trade or you know, maybe it's a cap related thing. I don't Actually, know. <laughs> I mean, it would be for Vancouver, but who knows? Anyways, it was, it was, that's kind of a weird one, but you know, Vancouver comes out decent. Yeah, I think it's good. Um, you know, that the Leafs shed a tiny, tiny bit of cap space. Um, get a third that they, you know, we're probably looking to throw away somewhere else. Um, and make room for Giordano on the blue line. Um, and I don't know, Senators get Hamonich. Um, and Vancouver definitely get some cap space out of this for the next season when they, you know, they've got some work to do. So, you know, good one for them. Um, uh, really quick, uh, LA acquired Troy Stetcher from the wings for a seventh. Um, so they've got uh, Edler and Stetcher now. So they're acquiring all the Canucks, former defensemen. Um, so a be... great strategy because that worked so well the first time. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess moving on, Tampa Bay acquired Nick Paul. Um in exchange for Matthew Joseph and a 2024 fourth round pick that were sent to Ottawa. Um, so again, depth depth player for uh, Tampa heading into playoffs. Not a bad move. Yeah, I think um, that's, I think that's solid. Nick Paul's been decent, and it doesn't sound like he uh, was going to get re-signed. So still yeah. a bit of a rental type thing. Yep. Uh, Kraken got a second from Nashville for Jeremy Lazan, which I think is a great trade for them. Um, I think that's that's a pretty good haul for Lausanne. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know Nashville getting some defensive depth as well. Yeah, and that's pretty important. They were we we had I had been putting them in uh, a lot of the trades for defenders just because they didn't have great defensive depth. So it's good for them to get someone like Lausanne who he immediately kind of slots in on their second pairing. So we'll see yeah. we'll see where he actually plays, but. Yeah, um, and then I think probably the next interesting one here is um, Arizona got Jack McBain, or at least his rights, um, from Minnesota in exchange for a 2022 second. So um, McBain was on, um, you know, he's played in like the World Juniors uh, for Canada. Uh, he's been playing in college. Um, doing pretty good, I think. He's a center. Um, so I think it's like, interesting prospect for Arizona to grab um and it's great for the wild to get a second you know maybe they knew something about McBain that uh didn't fit into their long-term plans so move on yeah did that or like they knew he wasn't gonna sign or something yeah could be a college one uh and then we had a few uh like a flurry of Jets action so they reacquired Mason Appleton from Seattle for a 2023 fourth so I think this is the third or the fourth guy who's gone back to his original team, um, which is interesting. At least. Um, it's funny. <laughs> um, like I said, Seattle's just holding other teams' players hostage, basically. Yeah. So, you know, Appleton thought he would have um, you know, more of an opportunity in Seattle, and maybe with some of the moves the Jets made, maybe he's got more opportunity now in Winnipeg. So um, interesting move. Um, Winnipeg also shipped out Nathan Beaulieu to the Penguins uh, in exchange for 2022 seventh. So 
Bolu adding up, uh, you know, some more teams he's played for. It's got to be getting to be a long list now. Um, Pittsburgh, you know, getting some depth. I don't know how much he'll play, but, you know, case of injury and stuff. Uh, and then they also, the Jets also um, made a trade with Arizona where they essentially got a fourth-round pick for Nathan Smith, who I'm assuming must be a prospect, and uh, a prospect contract of Brian Lipple. playing with Minnesota at the NCAA level. Right, so Arizona Again, getting another, some prospects and taking on a prospect, contract. Yeah. Um, and then Seattle made another trade. They uh, sent Marcus Johansson, Mojo, going back home to Washington um, in exchange for Daniel Sprong, a 2022 fourth and a 2023 sixth round pick, and they also retained 50% of uh, Mojo's cap hit. So um, you you being the resident Caps fan, I remember you being quite uh, fond of Mojo in his time there and his years after, so you're pretty stoked on this one, I bet. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's a solid trade. Um, it's um, a little interesting because it seems like a lot of, assets for him um i have to but, agree with you there but sprong was kind of like a he was constantly in and out of the roster like he never really hit his stride um i think he had a good better year last year but this year he's been a healthy scratch quite a bit um sometimes he looks like one of the best guys out there other times he's like really bad so um i don't know i think johansson will be a bit more consistent um if he can stay healthy which has always that kind of been my, his um uh, the knock on him that was my biggest thing is uh that's a lot for a guy who's kind of in and out of the lineup every other game it seems he's constantly getting hurt yeah yeah he's, he's really he's good when he's there but it's just hard to keep him in yeah he's always been just i don't know just out of the lineup at times so hopefully he can stay healthy um and then you know pretty late round draft picks so i'm not too concerned about that um you know when he was on washington and this is you know a number of years ago um but he was really good on the power play at getting into the zone and with the capitals power play struggling very heavily this season it's gotten a lot better as of late um team overall has gotten a lot better um but you know their power play is still still not the best um so if he can help out um that would be awesome um you know a lot of the guys on the team know him are friends with him um so i think he should fit in very well um yeah so i i, I think it's okay um it's not who i was expecting them to get um but um i'm okay with it um and then um probably the biggest trade of the day here um is chicago blackhawks acquired a 2022 first in exchange for Marc-Andre Fleury, who is now a member of the Minnesota Wild. Now, and the, the pick is conditional. So it's a 2022 second, but it upgrades to a first if Minnesota reaches the conference final and Fleury has four wins in the first two rounds. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously banking on going all in here. Um, so if they don't make it, it's a second round pick for Fleury. Um so Considering yeah, Chicago I mean, got him for nothing. Like that's not bad. Yeah, they, I mean they got, Vegas, they got they got half a season of flurry and and the second round pick for nothing, basically. Yeah, um, they did pretty well um, with him. Um, Vegas is weird when they they got rid of him, um, 
But they could have got something. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, um, considering he won the goddamn Vezina. Exactly. That was weird <laughs> to see the Vezina winner traded for nothing like that immediately. Yeah, so I think this is great for the Minnesota Wild. Um, I mean, you mentioned Absolutely. that you wanted to see them go kind of all in um, because next year they're kind of getting screwed over by, um, you know, cap penalties. Yeah, and I mean, we, we just had that episode a few weeks ago about Minnesota's slump and how it was basically goalie-driven. So yeah. for them to go and get reigning Vesna winner, Fleury's been good this season for the most part, I think. So On Chicago, really, too. Yeah, exactly. That'll really help us. Uh, provide some stability to that position between Fleury and Talbot. Yeah. That's, a, that sounds like a much better tandem. Um, and you know, maybe Talbot's just getting ridden a little too hard. Um, so being able to alternate maybe, um, could be really good for them. So, yeah. um, this is a great move for them. Um, could be, could be huge. Um, so I like this for Minnesota. Um, it's pretty, pretty exciting. Um, I think their fans are probably happy with that. Um, and they also acquired Jacob Middleton, uh, defenseman from the San Jose Sharks in exchange for Capo Kekkonen in a 2022 fifth. So they immediately got rid of Kakinen um, to avoid losing him, I guess, on waivers. Um, yeah, and they got a pretty decent defenseman yeah. in Middleton, um, you know, to, to add in there. So I think that's a pretty good good trade. Um Oh, one thing for um, Fleury is that uh, Dmitry Kulikov uh, is going to switch numbers to number seven, I think, and give Fleury number 29. So right. kind of a cool move of, of respect there. Um, and then I guess kind of the main, next main, I don't know, not main, but next notable trade, Justin Braun uh, from the Philadelphia Flyers uh, got shipped out to the New York Rangers for a 2023 third. So, Again, not a bad like, trade here, but... Um, yeah, it's, it's decent for the Rangers. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I haven't really watched a lot of Philadelphia Flyers games, but I think Braun is a pretty serviceable, like, maybe third-pairing guy. So, um, seems like an okay trade in my eyes, but I don't know who's going to be left in Philly to <laughs> play D. Um and then uh, here's one I was excited to talk to you about. Uh, Edmonton Oilers acquired Brett Kulak in exchange for William Lagasin, 2022 second-round pick, and a 2024 seventh-round pick to the Montreal Canadiens. There's a third fucking pick in that trade, too? Yeah, apparently. Or a second one? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. This just keeps getting worse every time I look at the trade. Yeah, I mean, that's on the TSN trade board. Um, yeah. No, I, I see it now. I've got cap friendlies open. I, I thought it was just Lagasin in the second, which was bad enough. Yeah. I just... That's pretty dumb. <laughs> Brett Kulak is the exact same level of player that William Lajeson was. It does it does nothing to me. Like, I think Kulak name. just has been in, in the lineup for longer than Lajeson. Like, Lajeson was having trouble uh, breaking into the lineup. He's getting passed by, by a bunch of other players and even passed this season by Marcus Nemelainen in the depth chart. So it's just, it makes sense to trade Lajeson, but like you bring in someone who's going to be in the exact same situation as him. And you give up a second round pick and you give up a seventh round pick for like 20 games of, of like a six, seven defender. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty, uh, pretty crazy to compare that to some of the other trades out there, you know, like 
Cal Yarncroke for a second, a third, and a seventh. Brett Kulak. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just, I, I really, I really don't like when Ken Holland makes trades, <laughs> because I think every other team does. <laughs> yeah, every other team does. Sure. He just has this thing against second round draft picks too. Like, remember when he shipped out two of them for Andreas Athanasiu? Oh yeah. Like that went well. Yeah. Happy to see you. Yeah, so uh, that's uh, a rough one, I think. It's um, definitely really shitty asset management to, to get rid of two picks and a, you know, maybe a bubble guy um, for a bottom-pairing defenseman. Yeah, and that's basically it. He's going to be playing... He's going to be splitting third-pairing with Chris Russell. Like, that, they yeah. literally just paid all of that to have someone split third-pairing duties weird um yeah not not in a great trade uh, good for montreal though um so next trade uh ottawa senators acquired zach Sanishin and a 2022 fifth in exchange for josh brown defenseman uh and a 2022 seventh so uh Sinitian requested a trade um earlier in the season so think this is just it uh, i don't know if he's happy about being in ottawa but um we get more of a chance in ottawa yeah absolutely um they're looking and then for just, you know anybody who can skate and then just some defensive depth for the bruins so i think this is a you know pretty good trade uh for for both both teams um pretty low risk um and you know ottawa is able to sell on a guy that i think they got for pretty cheap in another deal um so yeah, way to go. Uh, and then Montreal make another move. They acquired Justin Barron, who I don't know who that is, and a 2024 second round pick in exchange for Arturi Lekkinen, who's now a member of the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, so Lekkonen's uh, a pretty solid depth player. He's been a pretty consistent 30 point pace over the last five, six seasons here. Um, he's got 29 points in 58 games, so right, you know, even having a good year for him, which is which is solid. It's kind of what Colorado needs. Um, he's a bit streaky, but Colorado's got enough players they can kind of handle handle the ups and downs and slide people around between like Burakovsky and Shushkin and all them. Um, Justin Barron's a solid prospect. I don't know a whole lot about him, but I do remember like he 2020 first rounder, 25th overall, so. He's got some pedigree still, and he's still pretty young. So I think there's uh, there's value in that. And to get you know yet another second round pick for Montreal, so they, they're you know they're stockpiled. They're kind of getting ready to completely rebuild here right away. They've got a lot of picks over the next few years. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, good good for Montreal. You know they're really really stocking up when they need to. Um, and the next trade, which I think is kind of a weird one. Um, uh, St. Louis Blues got Nick Letty and Luke Witkowski uh, for Jake Wallman, who's prospect uh, and Oscar Sundquist and a 2023 second round pick to the Detroit Red Wings. So I think this is uh, Steve Eiserman effect. Um, I apparently Letty's been garbage this season. Um, for him to get uh, a really solid do- bottom six guy in Sundquist and a good prospect and a second is pretty exceptional. Um, so yeah, I, I saw a lot of Blues fans who were not happy with this one. I don't. I wouldn't be either. 
because I'm looking at this is just their depth chart. I don't know how it's actually going to shape out, but like Nick Letty's immediately a third pairing guy for them. And to be honest, I don't see him playing above Scandella on the second pairing. So yeah, that, that's a lot because Sunquist was having a really good season. He's been a pretty strong staple in uh, St. Louis's depth for the last couple of seasons here. I remember, you know, he's he's not the most offensive guy, but he's still he's still been a valuable member for that. And I, you know, Jake Wallman. Just trying to remember. I haven't heard a whole lot about Jake Wallman, but he's not. He seems like he's more of a minor league guy. But to give up a second for that as well is is, is a lot. I saw some some uh, Blues fans who were just saying like Wallman um, has some potential. Um, you know, he's kind of in, in hitting his prime, but um, they were upset to see him see him leave. So I don't know. It's it's just kind of a seems like a lot for Nick Letty and Wachowski, but. So this past off season, Detroit got Nick Letty for Richard Panic in a second, and then they traded Letty for Sunquist and a second. So they basically just traded like Panic for Sunquist and Wallman. <laughs> yeah, I guess and so. And Wachowski's in there too. Yeah, that works. <laughs> um, you know, longtime Oiler Andrew Cogliano is now in the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, he got shipped there from the Sharks for a fifth, twenty twenty four. Super stoked for that. I think uh, I've got a soft spot for Cogliano. I liked, I really liked him. I hated when Edmonton traded him. Yeah, so I figured. I'm, I'm, I'm happy he's going to a Cup team here. Um, Capitals got Johan Larson from the Arizona Coyotes at fifty percent retained for a twenty twenty three third. I see this as, uh, you know. Maybe PK, um, bottom three <laughs> depth um, with Hagelin being out um, with an eye injury. So whatever. Um, yeah, he's basically like a bottom line forward. He's kind of a 15 to 20 point player. Yeah, so I don't know how impactful he'll be, but I've never really paid attention to him on the ice. I remember him being in Buffalo. Um, I haven't seen him in Arizona. I think he just came back from surgery. So I don't know how good he'll be, but whatever. Um, but the Capitals have been icing a lot of rookies this season, so I think it's good to have some guys who are, you know, NHL, NHL serviceable, yeah, um, and not as like, you know, breakable as some of the rookies that uh, they have. Um, Jets got Zach Sanford from Ottawa Senators, former cap, uh, for a twenty twenty two fifth. So. Sanford can be can be good at times, can be invisible at other times, so we'll see. Sanford. Um, Ottawa had just gotten Sanford before the season started for Logan Brown and a 2022 fourth, and then they traded him for a 2022 fifth. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so next uh, noticeable one here. Um, I think um, Vancouver Canucks uh, sadly got rid of Tyler Mott. Um, to the New York Rangers for a 2023 fourth round pick. I think that's going to be that, a hard one for yeah. Canucks fans to swallow. I think that uh, he was definitely a crowd fan favorite. Um, and uh, yeah, fourth, that seems low for him, for what he can bring. Um, yeah, he's not like, he's not like, a, I mean, 
we, we just saw Delorier go for a third. That that would be a comparable for me. Yeah. Right. They're they're kind of a similar a similar they bring a similar thing to the lineup. So. Yeah, I think this one. Um, I get I get it, but um, I feel like I they could have got more. I don't know why they had to do it. Like, I don't yeah. see the Canucks having a log jam that Tyler Mock found himself on the outside of. I know he hadn't been doing great this season, and I don't think he had been playing the best under Boudreaux. But it's also like. Were they really struggling that badly with his um, presence in the lineup? Like, were they really needing him to get out of the lineup? I think it's just a case of, like, get something for him because they probably won't be able to sign him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this isn't the, the major trade that uh, we were all expecting from Vancouver. It's, like, the only thing they did. But, um, yeah, I think it sucks. I mean, I had a, I have a Canucks fan who, uh, my buddy, uh, he – was like yeah that one hurts <laughs> so um well hell even even a couple of my friends are not like huge following the canucks at all like they're canucks fans but they aren't you know watching every game um even they were like yeah that one that one sucks like Mott's a fan favorite like yeah. why'd they have to trade him yeah um okay and then moving on here anaheim busy again um pittsburgh Peng penguins got from them ricard raquel uh, in exchange for a 2022 second round pick, Zach Aston Reese, Dominic Simone, and Callie Klein, who's a member of the all name team. Absolutely. Goalie. What do you think about this one? It makes sense. I mean, again, Anaheim had a great deadline. They bring in a couple of depth forwards. Zach Aston Reese isn't, um, he's not like a, a big name, a flashy player, but what he's going to do is give them a defensive forward, a penalty killer, something that might help shore up the bottom half of their forward lineup. Same thing with Dominic Simone. I don't know quite what type of player he is, but um, again, it just seems like they're trying to fill out the empty spots they've made with some depth. Callie Klang, solid goalie prospect. He, obviously, John Gibson is... I think he's kind of hitting his prime right now, so he's only got a... might not be... Uh, he might not be around in his prime in his best, best years when Anaheim starts to contend again. So it'd be good to kind of stock up on that and get another draft pick. And then Pittsburgh... They do this every year, don't they? Where they kind of bring in just like a random scoring forward. Yes. <laughs> like this is this is a thing. Zucker, Carter, Raquel. Like it makes sense they go after someone like this, and it'll be. I think Raquel will fit in quite well in Pittsburgh. He's a very streaky scorer, but yeah, I mean, he immediately slots in to play with Malkin and Rust. Like that's that's gonna help him big time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I scooped him up in fantasy. Earlier in the day, just expecting him to go somewhere because I was like, "Yeah, he he can shoot." Uh, so no matter where he goes, he'll probably make an impact. So um, another guy I think that has a little bit of injury history too, though. Um, so maybe watch out for that. But yeah, I mean Pittsburgh going for it. Um, you know they've had a really good season, so um, makes sense to bring somebody in. Um, you know, they're looking really strong and for Anaheim. Yeah. Great. Uh, you know, add some depth guys and more picks. Great. Um, next up, uh, Derek Broussard acquired by the Edmonton Oilers from the Philadelphia Flyers for 2023 fourth. Also, uh, Flyers are hanging on to 50% of his cap hit. What do you think of that See, one? This one's solid. Like Broussard's just depth scoring. That's kind of what they needed. Um, 
just gives a little bit more competition to the middle of the lineup, a little bit more um, coverage in case of injury. Like we've seen uh, over the last couple of weeks, the Oilers had a little bit of trouble covering like when uh, Cassie and Pugliarvi and Nugent Hopkins were all out of the lineup. So it's just kind of a, you know, contingency, pardon me, contingency plan to have another player like Broussard in who's just some depth scoring. I'd, mm-hmm. I'm just amazed that it wasn't a second round pick heading out. I don't know. Maybe Holland ran out of those. Maybe. Yeah. None left. Um, <laughs> maybe someone finally clued in one of like the scouts or assistant GMs was like, Ken, you don't have any of those left. Just, just forget about the seconds. Okay. Yeah. Send something else. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Carolina acquired Max Domi and Tyler Inamoto, uh, from the Columbus Blue Jackets for Aiden Hreshuk. Now this is a this was a, an interesting three way trade. So Columbus sent Domi to Florida, who's retaining fifty percent of his salary and getting a sixth round pick. And then Florida sent Domi to Carolina for Do- <laughs> Florida, Florida sent Domi to Carolina. Pardon me. In exchange for Jaeger Korshkov. That was just, that was really interesting. Like, why is why is this team that's going all in uh, <laughs> taking on a player and retaining his salary? That's like an Arizona thing, not not like number one cup contender. Yeah, weird. I don't uh, I don't get this one. I don't know how Domi's going to do in Carolina, but he can play with a definite grit. So you know, stock up on that, I guess, before playoffs. So yeah, Domi's not. He's had an okay season, like. 32 points in 53 games but i just don't think he's been as impactful as he has been so yeah. i think he was kind of ready to move on from columbus and honestly carolina is a solid spot for him like yeah they're they're they're, they're, they're team, a really so. yeah they're they're a deep forward or a lineup with deep a team with deep forward depth god damn i can't talk anymore <laughs> so they're going to be able to spread all this out and have him playing with good, like really good players here and there yeah um Dallas acquired Vlad Nemesnikov from Detroit for a 2024 fourth. Um, Calgary acquired Ryan Carpenter from the Hawks for a fifth. Um, Lightning got Riley Nash, who I didn't think was even playing <laughs> this season from Arizona for nothing. Um, <laughs> and then the next kind of mean trade here is the Jets and the Rangers. Jets. Uh, sent them Andrew Kopp and a 2023 sixth in exchange for Morgan Barron. 2022 second, 2023 second, 2023 fifth. A couple conditions on those. Um, but the seconds are one of the second round picks can turn into a first if the Rangers win two rounds in the playoffs and Kopp plays 50% of the playoff games. And the other one can either be uh, 2022 or 2023. So. What do you think about this one? This one's really interesting for the Rangers. I don't like the fact that Winnipeg um, gave up Cop. I think they got a good return for him. For for like a middle mid midline forward, they get a couple of seconds. Uh, I'm assuming a solid prospect and a fifth. Uh, that's that's okay. Cop's um, had a really good couple of seasons. He's definitely improved his offensive game. Like 35 points in 56 games is really good uh, for someone around there. The Rangers do have a little bit of room in their forwards for some extra depth, so I think that's going to be a good chance for him to get into that lineup. 
and uh, you know his play style. I think he's more of like a, a energy guy. I think so. It'll also be a good chance to fill out the lineup the way that um, New York's ownership wanted to. So they bring in Mott, they bring in Cop, bring in Vetrano, like just a whole bunch of forward depth to try and find uh, find a little bit more scoring beyond. Kreider and Zabanajad owning <laughs> owning everything this season. Yeah. Uh and then uh Seattle Kraken took on Victor Rask from the Minnesota Wild. Wild uh, retained fifty percent though, I think. Um, but they didn't get anything. So it was just basically take Victor Rask's half of his contract, which I think is important for them, uh, for next year. Um and then the really the other only other trade that happened was uh, the Ducks again. Evgeny Dedanov and a 2023 second uh, in exchange for John Moore, as you uh, alluded to earlier, and uh, Ryan Kessler's contract. Um, and uh, Anaheim receives Vegas' second round pick in either 2023 or 2024. Um, so making some cap room in Vegas because apparently the cap is real. Um, so yeah, someone's really gonna have to do something about gaming the LTIR benefit system right away. Yeah, yeah. Between Ryan Vegas Kessler. and Tampa and uh, Florida, it's uh, becoming a bit of an issue. Yeah, yeah. So, um, all right. Well, that's all the trades. So again, now that we've kind of gone through them, uh, do you uh, you know change your mind on who you think won or lost, or who? What do you think? I still, winners. you know, after going through all of that and seeing all the stuff, I want to say, like, Anaheim, still definite winner. I think they had a great deadline here. They got a whole bunch of picks. They got some prospects, or futures, I should say, and just a few pieces to kind of help shore their lineup up for the rest of the season. Um, because I'm bitter, I'm just going to put Edmonton in the loser category. However, I'm glad they didn't, like, go and blow everything that they have on going all in this season because all of the other teams going all in like Colorado and Florida trying to trying to win there's no way Edmonton should go all in this season and let the other teams tire themselves out first but uh, I yeah. still don't like I still don't like that Kulak trade I think that's just way too much for replacement level player yeah that's a tough pill to swallow um okay yeah I agree that Anaheim had a good deadline I think um Colorado did did okay. Um, made some depth tweaks here and there. Um, Minnesota had a good good deadline, trying to trying to go for it, which is exciting. Um, and then um, you know I think the Panthers did did good. Bruins did did pretty good. Um, but um, I'm interested to see who you think are some losers. I have uh, New Jersey as a loser. For basically not doing anything, um, they got Andrew Hammond. Yeah, <laughs> so good um, we didn't even talk about it. Um, exactly. And then um, Philly. Yeah, I don't know. Loser for yeah, me, Philly. Philly, Philly. That makes sense. Um, I just, I, I'm really struggling to comprehend the last nine months for Chuck Fletcher. Like those, those trades he made last summer. Like the overall, like list of what he got and what he gave up was way too much for what the team received and that's just continuing and even a few weeks ago like Rasmus Ristolainen getting that 5 by 5 contract 
you know, he's still an analytics nightmare. <laughs> you know, so it's hard to really it's hard to really compare, you know, the analytic versus the eye test for that for him because of the way he plays. But I just don't see uh I struggle to see the plan for what Chuck Fletcher is trying to do. Yeah. It's just getting a little bit wonky, like stuff's just flying assets are just flying out and not really bringing anything back and just overpaying for stuff it's it's hard yeah that's fair uh, another team that um i don't think had a particularly good day was st louis um that just getting nick letty and luke witkowski i don't know it doesn't really seem like great uh you know like a, a they're in a pretty tough like the west is going to be tough i think to, to move forward on um in playoffs and i don't know if that really puts them <laughs> over the edge you know and if they're gonna be playing like minnesota or colorado or you know the flames something like that it just doesn't seem like um it really positions them well yeah is um, nick letty really gonna be the difference maker be a difference maker for them yeah i don't i don't think so um so yeah i mean for the capitals like i i don't know what i wanted them to do like there's a lot of fans who wanted them to get like cop but i didn't really want to give up like that much um so i think they did okay like they didn't really do anything they just got mojo back which i think you know if he stays healthy like we talked about could be could be good um because their power play is definitely struggling i don't know who comes off it for him to go on it but um you know with oshi being out maybe he maybe he takes like wilson's spot and just plays there but Maybe he's on the second unit. Maybe they actually change the power play more than, um, you know, with 20 seconds left in the power play. Maybe they, maybe they go with like a minute. They have two units that actually get equal opportunity, and keep Ovi out there, whatever. But oh sure, build two units around Ovi. He just kind of stands there anyways. Exactly. That's not a knock against him. It's just a strategy. But no, like... it's just that's the way it is. He's out there <laughs> the whole works. time. So yeah, it works. yeah, whatever. Um, guys in what third for scoring so um yeah so i don't know i mean i feel like there were some teams that made some big splashes um and i think seattle did okay um but i'm just really hung up on that they didn't get a first um for for anything which i don't know maybe nobody on their team was worth a first but um you know they did they did pretty good for well i think i think had. that goes back to the us bashing them for their expansion draft performance nobody on their team's worth a first because they didn't take the players that were worth a first yeah and also the player you know like because i think that was one of the struggles they had last offseason is trying to get teams to pay a first for not taking certain players and like no team would bite yeah so i don't know <laughs> it's it's tough they're gonna have a tough path forward um so we'll we'll see and we'll see what their development is like for all those draft picks that they have maybe uh this time next year they'll they'll be a buyer and just trading off picks <laughs> for for assets so hey we'll we have, have the see, entire second round of the draft do you want anything <laughs> yeah yeah between them and arizona i think they're gonna have it pretty locked down <laughs> <laughs> so true <laughs> That wraps things up for this time here on Clappercast. Make sure you rate and review this episode and toss a follow or subscribe our way. For more content, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Clappercast Media or on Twitter at Clappercast. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll be back next week with more Hockey Talk.